0: podcast cast i'm your host the only tyler peacock joining me on the program once again is mr bobby russell what's up oh, not a whole lot man draft day is here the unofficial official start of the
1: nfl season even though free agency already started i'm here for the draft unlike the browns
0: fans this year <laughs> well it's a super bowl uh anyway <laughs> um what what would you do let's say let's say bobby russell out of notre dame um you know, he, he's a, anywhere from a a late first rounder to early third rounder. I don't know, a little high variance. But what would be the first thing you would do uh, with with your your money as an NFL player?
1: Ooh, oh man, that that's one I used to think about a lot in, in high yeah. school when we at the lunch table. This was a question we thought about. I think the first thing I'm doing is depending on what's uh, what what city I go to. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting a brand new car, like the first yeah. brand new car in my life. Never owned a new car; always hand me down. Always something, mom or dad. They got a new car and they pass me down theirs. So I think a new car would be essential. Um, and then if I get that late first round money, I, I'm buy, I'm hiring a driver as well. Tip for all you rookies this year: hire a driver. Don't do anything stupid.
0: Yeah, I I feel like uh, I would. I that's my answer too new, new set of wheels, um, something cool, maybe in the SUV or truck department, um, something versatile, but cool. Um, yeah, that, that would be my, my first, uh, move too. um, provided. I mean, we're, we're obviously not. So that, that dream is almost dead. I, I never say never, neither should you out there or you Bobby, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask that off the top, but this will be. The NFL Annual Selection Meeting Annual Primer Podcast here. Uh, The whole middle of the show is going to be draft. We'll end it like we usually do at this point in the year with racing. Um, No bass. Well, we'll see. No bass for hockey plan uh, for this podcast. But, I mean, with our first segment, Winners and Losers of the Week, maybe we'll touch on a few things. So let's jump into that segment one, Winners and Losers of the Week. Bobby, I'm going to start us out here with my winner of the week, and it's going to be Javante Tank Davis. Um, Probably the biggest boxing match of the year, so big that uh, I failed to uh, put it in the show last week. Anyway, you had two guys Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, undefeated, Uh, both of them coming in in their primes Tank 28, Davis, or um, Tank Davis 28, Garcia 24. Rare that boxing gives you that guy, uh, or those two guys. At that level, in their prime, undefeated. You know, usually boxing drags their feet, but big prize fight in Vegas, and, and Davis uh, gets it done with a, a left hook to the liver, a nasty shot. Uh, the 10 count gets uh, Garcia out of there. So, uh, Tank Davis was my winner of the week. Um, if you want to roll into your winner or loser, the floor is yours.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to touch on that real quick. Incredible, incredible shot to deliver there. And the delayed yeah. reaction, I think, made it even more, uh, it made it feel more like real. Like, you know, you get knocked the wind knocked out of you, and it's not right away, like mm-hmm. just at home. And that's that's what I saw in that. So, that, that was an incredible Incredible fight, incredible shot there. My winner, uh, much like we end our podcast with this time of year with racing, my winner is going to come from the racing world. I'm going to the Xfinity Series, Jeb Burton. Uh, yeah. Long-time driver, was in, in Cup Series for a while, uh, bounced around between teams here and there in the Xfinity Series. Um With Jordan Anderson racing right now, uh, Tal Dega, he's always a good, he's always a good super speedway racer. I think, you know, he's got that in in his blood coming from Ward Um, and he had a good car and he put himself in the right position. He was aggressive. He didn't give any inches. On Saturday um, and he came through and, and he really controlled the last couple laps there. I think it was a green white checker there as well. And he stayed out front, made the right decisions, him and the spotter working seamlessly. Um, big win for that team. You know, it's a small team. It's, it's not a Gibbs. It's it's not a Stuart Haas. Um, it's not JR Motorsports, so that that's always great to see Th- those guys fight for their lives down there. And I, I think it just means a little more to those guys when they win like that. And You can see that in his celebration. Uh, so I'm very excited for Jeb, uh, very excited for the Burton family for that one.
0: Yeah, I mean Ward, his dad, one of the all time characters. Um, still this day, what a Twitter follow! It's got some crazy videos of him just you know grabbing snakes and and doing property management, burn and bro. Like he just, and Ward was a good guy. Like he was one of those guys back in the day. I'm sure you did too. You just, if he won, you kind of rooted for it. Like he wasn't every, like he was never my favorite, but um, yeah. Good to see Jeb um, get a dub there. Um, my loser. How dare you Dylan Brooks? You poked the bear LeBron James. Now listen, did LeBron give him 40? No, but, I mean, LeBron's 38, so I didn't really expect him to do much. But you can't bait LeBron James into getting out of his game. We've seen it in the past, Lance Stevenson, Deshaun Stevenson. Um, I'm sure there's other guys uh, I'm not really, you know, thinking of here. But why Why would you do that? Like, it, it, And I feel like it's kind of turned the Lakers and LeBron into a little bit of a sympathetic figure. Now, I know you hate them as a Celtics fan, right? But, I mean, the Grizzlies, I feel like they just kind of rub everybody the wrong way because they really haven't done much. And then you got guys like Dylan Brooks out here um, talking shit, and, which is fine, but, like, the the thing why he's my loser is he hasn't really faced the media uh, in game, after Game 3 or Game 4. He, he declined to talk to the media after both games. That's, I mean, if you're going to come – At somebody, I feel like if if they give it to you a little bit and you're on the wrong end of it, you just kind of be like, yeah, hand up. I I got punked a little bit tonight or whatever, and we're going to come back stronger, give a cliche. But Dylan Brooks, what a loser. You're the loser of the week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No reason for for him to give the uh, Los Angeles Lakers any bulletin board material. Uh, Yeah. Classic, classic misstep by him. Um, but yeah, I, I, was never really high on the Grizzlies coming into this postseason. Uh, you know, jaw, he really has like one part of his game, no supporting pieces. And they're coached by the cashier from the super America. So it's just <laughs> like, I, you kind of expected the Lakers to beat them if they got into the spot. So yeah, I, 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 like that loser. Um, and I, I'm going to stick with my loser from the Xfinity series. Again, um, one wreck took out three JR motorsports cars. Um, and it's just lighting a barrel of money on fire for him when it comes to super speedways, uh, all guy with bad luck. He can't do anything on super speedways anymore. Sam Mayer looked pretty good. Uh, you know, Brandon Jones, he had an accident earlier in that race and that's the fourth JR car. Um, and then the Josh Berry just kind of bad luck, bad situation, wrong time, wrong place. Um, yeah. So, you know, you may have heard him talk about it on Twitter, but that's, that's just, it's the most expensive three, two days of the year for them. And, uh, yeah, just absolutely bad luck all in one lap there, too. It was just the perfect situation, and it just took them all out. Um, so that's, that's, that's a big L for them.
0: Dude, they have not been good this year at all. And that's <clears> – <throat> I feel like they all got into – or not at the same time. Maybe they did. I feel like Daytona, they were they crashed all out. And a couple other times they've gotten into each other. At non super speedway race tracks, just a, a weird year, definitely for uh, junior motorsports for sure. All right, let's get into this NFL draft primer. Um, here's, I mean, we're gonna do a top ten mock to close the thing out. Here's my thing, Bobby. I don't think anybody really knows um, what the hell they're talking about, really, when it comes to the draft, um, especially this week leading up to it. I'm very cautious of what I hear and what I read because uh, I just feel like these teams are trying to drive values up or down and send out smoke signals how do you how do you feel about the 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 media draft uh, or the draft process uh, with the media getting you know probably false flags out there what what's your thoughts on that?
1: yeah, absolutely and i I'll come from my standpoint as a Steelers fan this year yeah I, I think we have probably the second most intriguing. Pick in the draft this year at number thirty-two, uh, being the first pick of the second round. Yeah, uh, situation Pittsburgh's never in, and you can hear Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan talking about it in a press conference yesterday. Well, they're they're open for business. They want to move up into the first round again for a second one. Um, you know they're driving that price up. You think of someone like a a Hendon Hooker who might not be a first round quarterback. Um, you know somebody they a team in the top ten passes on a quarterback to. You know, solid, solidify your offensive line, get a, a premier defensive lineman or a standout corner, and day two comes and they're right there. You'll you'll put out some capital for that, and that's I think that the way they played that in the media is textbook from teams from agents. It, it it's all in play right now, and that's the one part I wish we could see. I wish there was like a a Netflix series or something, or HBO, like, a real a sports, bit. but follows an agent and follows, like, the behind-the-door stuff to, you know, do it, obviously, release
0: it a year later, but you, you see what happens. Yeah, well, honestly, I don't know if you've seen that 30 for 30 uh, with Lee Steinberg, the super agent that had Elway, Marino. Um, he had, I mean, he's had a hell of a, of a career, but he had both those guys back in, in what, 83? One of the most famous drafts and it was just fascinating. He kept a whole notebook of uh actually I don't think it was Lee Steinberg. I, I think it might have been a different guy. Yeah, it wasn't Lee Steinberg. But he kept a notebook and you know, he was logging like all his calls with teams. It was, it was a real fascinating and I mean that's what, forty yeah, forty years ago. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it'd be like now. Um, you know, I feel like it's it's a more thorough process. But yeah, like HBO You've kind of killed hard knocks and I feel like the end season hard knocks is a good try, but it's kind of unwatchable in a sense with well, this would be perfect. Like to, to do free agency in a draft and then roll it in the training game. I think that would kind of rejuvenate the, uh, the hard Knocks series, but what whoever would do it, if they do do it, I, I love that idea. Um, One more thing. And then I, we're going to, I'm going to ask a slew of questions. We're going to answer them, but um. What what do you think the, the best position group is in this draft? Um, I, I I think maybe corner, but where where would you where would you put your money? Where do you think the most uh, the deepest best position group is in, in this draft?
1: Man, this this is a tough one. I, I'm gonna come at this from the the top two three rounds. Yeah, two. yeah. Just just because there's you know, hundreds of offensive linemen and there's a handful of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so the top three rounds is kind of, those are your premier players. You, you know, you, you hit the Tom Brady's in the sixth round and stuff, but uh, for this purpose, I I, th- I think offensive line might be the most deep yeah. in, in this draft. Uh, you know, there's four guys who could potentially be stand premier offensive linemen going in the top 15, top 17. Um, and then, you know, even getting in the second round with guys like Cody Motch, Um, you know, Jarrett Patterson out of Notre Dame as a center guard, he could be going third, possibly fourth or fifth round. Um, and there's just a a slew of guys, those top guys, I think that the top heavy of the offensive lineman is far and away more surefire things than quarterbacks are in this draft or corners. I, I feel like there's only like two or three corners in the entire draft, um, that are every down players. So, uh, offensive line for me, um, it's got to be, got to be for me.
0: Yeah, I think I think my boy uh, Olu Olu Timmy, uh, arguably maybe the best center last year in college football for Michigan. I I think he's a second day guy, and mm-hmm. you know a lot of that's the, the measurables in the NFL game's different than the college game. But like you're telling me a guy that you know dominated in in the Big Ten, usually a pretty good line of scrimmage league. Across the board, you can't tell me that guy's going to have a successful career. I know Notre Dame does a hell of a job too, Bobby, with their O line play. So, yeah, I I that would be in the top three, probably second. Uh, I like the corner. I think tight end too, and it, you know, kind of daisy chains a little bit with that offensive line group you mentioned. But I I think there's some some really good, interesting tight ends um, in this draft too. So I think you know, corner. I think the corner, the high end corners. Uh, o line and, and tight end would be my my top three, positionally I guess. Um, so all right, let's get into these these questions. We'll start it right out. Let's start out with the positive, most sure thing in the draft. I mean, I get it. There's no such thing as a sure thing, so I guess most ish, sure thing in the draft. Who 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 would be that guy you're labeling as the most sure thing in this thing?
1: Man, for me, this one, I I think it's got to be the the first tackle off the board. And I'm going to go with Pete Skoronsky out of Northwestern. Mm -hmm. Unanimous unanimous All-American last year, Northwestern's first ever. The, the, the kid's a mauler. He's great in pass protection. He's unstoppable in the run game. Um, you know, if, if there's one weakness, I think it's lateral uh-huh. quickness with him. I, I think, you know, some of these smaller, quicker defensive ends might be able to, you know, get around him, set him up for a spin move or something. So I think that'll be helped out. But you also have elite guard play in the NFL. Um, so you get a lot of help there, tight ends on the help, um, and then running backs communication. So I, I, I think if I'm a team that is offensive lineman needy, and, you know, you get down to 9, 10, I think it's probably the area where he's going to go. Uh, I, I think that's where you start to see some trades start happening, someone jumping up there to, to take that guy. Um, I, I, I think he's far and away the best one. You know, it's probably measuring straws when it comes to the top three, I think, those guys. But I think he's probably the, the closest one to a sure thing.
0: Yeah, here's one of these moments, dude, that we, we didn't script this. That's also my uh most sure thing is geronsky. Um I agree with everything he so said. The only thing I'd add too uh, that goes in his favor, um, we've seen Rashad the Slater kid that the, the Chargers took a few years ago. Also a Northwestern product tackle. Now that Slater a little more athletic I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think, you know Pat Pat Fitzgerald they they do a pretty good job developing guys. Year in, year out they might not have the overall team consistency, but um you know you're getting a smart, hardworking kid if they come out of Northwestern, too. I guess I guess that's the point I'm illustrating here. So, yeah, I, I got Peter Skoronsky as uh, my most sure thing. Um, now, who do you think – now, this is the the top end guys, I feel like I'm asking here, too, but who's got the most bust potential? Um, I, I, I'll answer first. I think it's Jalen Carter, Georgia. Now, he's a beast. He's everything you want in a defensive lineman. Um Man, he's just – you hear some stuff about – we know his off-the-field issues with the, the car wreck and the, the the person losing their life, the drag racing, whatever. And then you start to hear some stuff about, you know, Georgia was kind of actually happy he left early and he's m- maybe not the hardest worker. I, I don't like to hear that stuff. And maybe he can turn it around, but um, I think the guy that was labeled the number one pick a few months ago – um he's starting to drop a little bit. I don't think he's going to drop out of the first round or the top 10 even, but uh, I I think he's, I think he's bustable.
1: I, I I agree with that. I'm going to give you a name who I think the the career trajectory kind of images Um, a guy that's an incredible all world college football player, early draft pick, and then has a decent career, but just never really catches on Terrence Cody from Alabama. I, I, I think, you know, Carter's obviously a lot more athletic, I think, than Terrence Cody. Yeah, but they, they just seem like they're—they're kind of along that same trajectory in the NFL where they'll have a flash in the pan, a good rookie year, and then teams will figure out how to double team them, how to scheme around them, and then they just kind of become a role player. That—that—that's kind of my fear for Carter there. Yeah. Um, but the bust I'm going to go with, I think it's a guy who's kind of shot up the boards within the last two weeks here. Um, and, you know, he, he's a running back. Um, and I think it's Jameer Gibbs, um, when he was, he was at Alabama last year and then Georgia tech before that, I thought he was a decent football player. And I, I feel like the Alabama scheme, it, it, it feeds running backs down there. I mean, look at Eddie Lacey, Terrence, Richard, uh, Richardson, um, you know, Derek Henry and Mark Ingram, obviously success stories, but for every success story, you have the Trent Richardson, you have the Eddie Lacey flame out, you have, you know, I, th- I think that's where we're going to see Gibbs. I think if he becomes a first-round pick, I don't think he sees the field early, so I think you kind of overpaying a fair running back then. And then at that point, I think he becomes kind of, uh, I, don't, I don't know who I would even compare him to. I, I, I think he follows that Sonny Michelle path. I, you know, decent enough to get on the field, but in the wrong situation, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. So that's my that's my big bust.
0: Yeah, I don't hate that. Um, I thought he was going to be like a, a Heisman guy. Uh, just the, the speed and him going to Alabama last year. And uh, I don't know. They just, I mean, he put up some numbers, but I, I, never once was he a Heisman guy after the season started. So uh, I know that's not the college and the NFL games different. I know that's not the, a direct comparison, but uh, I'm, not a, I'm not high on him either. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I kind of like your call there. All right. Most intriguing prospect here, um slash dark horse, I guess, is, is kind of what I'm asking here. So um, who would be your guy in this category?
1: I, I'm digging deep in this one. This guy's he's going to be a late-round draft pick. Fifth, sixth round, I think, is kind Uh-oh. of what I've seen. Um, Ivan Pace out of Cincinnati. Uh, the kid oh, was an I like absolute him. beast. Um, you know, there's a lot of – I think with the NFL draft, there's a lot – put on measurements times those kind of things but i I feel like the film isn't given a whole lot of shine the kid was an insane linebacker could line up in three four different positions on the field uh kind of reminds me of isaiah simmons from clemson a few years ago but Mm -hmm. bigger not as quick um you know i i think he kind of struggles with covering um you know you know, the five to seven hitch range. I think that'll be something to work on, but I think whoever gets him in the fifth, sixth round, they're getting an absolute steal. And I think he could be a dark horse rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. Um, If he gets the field right away, gets in the right situation, um, you know, a Philadelphia, uh, you know, who else, Uh, you know, uh, a Baltimore, I think would be perfect for him, even though I wouldn't want to see that, but I think those, that would be kind of the scheme that he would fit in there.
0: Yeah, I, I like him. Um, I'm going to go. I have two. I'm going to give a, kind of a higher-end guy and then a guy I think that's going to be a decent value play. Uh, my high-end guy, I'm going to go to the tight end position, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Um, he was banged up a little bit last year, but I feel like any time you and I previewed any Oregon State action, um, I'm, I'm drawn to this guy. I, I think um, Mayer's probably like the, the best. Masher. I mean, I know Mayer mayor could run routes to catch football and stuff like that, but I, I think the blocking mayor's got that. Kincaid, kind of like the, the most flexible guy, the kid out of Utah. I think this Musgrave kid is going to be, I think he's going to blow up a little bit. Um, Maybe be the best tight end out of this draft class and, and I'm high on the tight ends. Um, I just think this kid, he's kind of a blazer, a little uh, under the radar because he, he was out there at Oregon State, kind of Um, And then my second one, I'm gonna go to the running back here, and I get it. The running back. Um, it seems like you kind of rent a guy for two, three years, and then um, he gets banged up and ages out or whatever. I'm gonna go to Tulane. Ty J. Spears. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just love that kid. He can catch. He, he wore 22 as well. Matt Forte came out of Tulane, wore the same number. Um, I think Forte had a little more power. Spears has a little more wiggle. But both guys were versatile. I uh, could catch a ball out of the backfield, can run it up between the tackles, break away uh, with some speed. Um, I love Spears. So he he's kind of my second dark horse slash most intriguing prospect um, in, in this draft. Uh, all right. So let's go as a check. My notes here? Okay. Favorite offensive player. Um, <laughs> I feel weird saying this one. Mine's Bijan. Bijan Robinson, the Texas running back. I, and, you know, it's kind of the same thing I just said with Spears in a sense where um, I feel like this is kind of an immediate impact guy. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to have a a long career because that's kind of what the running backs aren't built to do anymore. Uh, but I, I just think Bijan's that, that prototypical back. I mean, we've seen some Texas running backs flop. Well, we've also seen some Texas running backs be damn good in the NFL, and I think he uh, would be the, uh, the latter of that, that situation. So he's my favorite offensive player that's probably going to be – he's going in the first round, I feel like. Yeah, so uh, who's yours?
1: My favorite is Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. Oh, man. Um, I remember watching him playing at Cincinnati-Princeton – um, in high school, he was an absolute killer on the field. Obviously, going against some of those Cincinnati teams, you know, you're not going to play against a St. X every week. So you're playing against some real, not small kids, but smaller than you. And he just drive them out of bounds, put them into the stands. Um, did the same thing at Ohio State. Versatile player. Played a couple different, I think he played guard two years ago and tackle last year and really came into his own, um, in his natural position. Um, And I I think he can play right or left tackle in the NFL. And I think that'll be key. He might, you know, he kind of reminds me of, um, oh shit, I can't think of his name. I'll I'll just, I'll just say, I'll just pick another name player. He reminds me of, he reminds me of Ronnie Stanley. Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can, can run very good in the run game uh, very good on his kick steps can, can really force the uh, defender to run to the outside. So I, I I think he's my, I I think Skaronsky is the most sure thing, but I I think from, you know, a guy that I want to watch every Sunday, every single play, I think it's Johnson who has an offensive tackle.
0: Well, I mean the, these tackles, like you mentioned it, there's, there's what, probably four guys, uh, the top echelon, uh, that uh that are really really damn good so uh and and paris johnson what he's projected to be the second probably tackle Mm -hmm. uh off the board um what broderick jones from georgia darnell Wright i think for tennessee um harrison anton harrison from oklahoma skaronski that's a damn good group of five could all be in the first round so uh yeah i like that call uh, actually, I don't like that call because you know, <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Ohio State. But uh, I had to get my little barb in there. Uh, defensive player. Who who's your favorite uh defender in this draft? oh
1: favorite defender. I, I think it's Will Anderson. I I think you know he had an excellent college career. Um, you know, last couple years projected to be the first overall pick, and then obviously things change. Um. But I, I think he's uh, got the Hassan uh, Redick from Philadelphia. I think he's that kind of mold. He's going to be able to play on either side of the field. He may even be able to stand up. Um, and I think his motor and his strength are just things that are too unmatched. Um, and he, he, if he gets his hands on you as an offensive lineman, um, and he can create that space, I, I think that's that's a win for him every single time. Um, I, I think he could be kind of like a hybrid linebacker sort of in this league so that might be his trajectory there um but yeah he's so fun to watch and i think he's gonna have a great career
0: yeah i i mean he's i think yeah he's gonna be steady eddie um i don't know yeah i don't know if he i guess i kind of like the red but reddit kind of blew up i don't know if anderson's gonna blow up and be like a sack leader in the league but i think he's gonna be that guy that Consistently in that eight to ten, you know, double digit sack range, and um, you know, kind of, I feel like people think Mario Williams, since he went number one overall, was a bust, but I feel like Mario Williams for damn near a decade was a factor, right? right. Um, so I, yeah, I think Will Anderson could be that. I'm not saying that exactly the same player, but uh, my guy going to corner. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, illustrate a Big Ten guy here, Devin Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois, just a, just a dog, man, uh, a Florida kid. He, um, I don't know. He's I'd like to even run support. I watched a lot of Illinois last year. They were good. Their defense was good. And then he was kind of a leader of that defense. Um, they ran a ton of man coverage. Um, he moved around with shadow. Some of the best, um, excuse me, receivers that they would face too. Uh, so I think you could play him in and out of the slot. Uh, if you need to, defensively a versatile corner. Like I said, I just like his physicality, not only uh, in run support, but uh, in press coverage. And I think him or the Gonzalez kid from Oregon, seems like they're going to be the top two corners um, uh, off the board here. But I I really love Witherspoon, and uh, he would be my favorite defender uh, in this draft class. Um, Hardest college goodbye. Uh, Forewarning, I... I gave one that uh, was personal, you know what I mean, uh, off my team. And then I gave one just as a kind of an over overall college football uh, fandom vibe. So my personal one, I mean, not to brag, but Michigan don't have a ton of guys uh, in this draft. But it's got to be Mike Morris, defensive end, um, kind of a freak, uh, put up great combine numbers. I think he's going to be a pretty damn good pro. Um, he was banged up a little bit last year at uh, later in the year when we definitely missed him, but, uh, what a career a guy that got better and better each day. And, and each year I'm going to miss the hell out of Mike Morse. He's one of our captains last year and the one for college football, Deuce Vaughn, the Kansas state running back, little mighty might fun us out to watch. Gonna miss seeing little number 22, uh, ter- terrorizing defenses in the purple and silver and, uh, at K state. So those would be my two hardest goodbyes. Uh, for the college game. Bobby, what would be yours? Yeah,
1: mine's going to be a personal predictable one as well, and that's mm-hmm. going to be Michael Mayer. Yeah. best. I think the best tight end in the draft um overall. You know, might be yeah. the best blocking tight end. Um, he was such a sure thing. Like, he, he had two, three different quarterbacks at times throwing you passes last year. Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner, and even Steve Angeli a couple times. Um And no matter where they put the ball, he – he was going to catch it or come up with it or get a hand on it. Um, I don't think he had more than two or three drops last year. Um, probably not even more than like five in his career at Notre Dame, honestly. Um, and, you know, he had the extra year, but obviously when you're a first round draft pick, and people telling you you're going to be a first round draft pick, you go take that money. Um, so I don't fault him there, but you know, he's just going to be, keep adding to the next lot, the long, long, list of Irish tight ends that make us tight end you and I'm very happy for him but sad at the same time
0: yeah the kid I mean I remember what was it the COVID year his freshman year just Mm -hmm. just mauling people uh in the run game you guys had a what a three tight end three or four tight end set at the goal line it seemed like anytime 87 was in the game uh mayor the ball was gonna go right behind uh his area of blocking. I, I love I love the kid. I love a tight end to block. So uh uh yeah, I kind of figured you'd go with mayor. Uh which uh, yeah if he was a Michigan guy, fuck that that one would hurt. It, you'd understand it though, but uh it hurts. Um all right, hottest take. What's what's your hottest take from this draft? I mean he, kind of an open ended question and go anywhere, but what would be your hottest take coming into the draft?
1: Mm. I, I I I think there's only going to be three quarterbacks taken in the first round. I, I feel like there's a lot, a lot of talk, uh, a lot of smoke screens. Um, Obviously you've seen the stuff about Levis coming up to number two or number one.
0: Um, Yeah. Weird.
1: And then obviously like there's the unknown with Anthony Richardson. I I think there's two for sure. Young and Stroud are, they're both getting drafted. Doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, I think they'll both be top 10 picks. Um, But I I think Levis goes, and I don't think Anthony Richardson is worthy of a first-round pick. I I just don't think there's enough film of him. I don't think there's enough quarterback play from him at a high level that, you know, scouts have seen. Um, So I I, I think three quarterbacks are going in the first round, and then day two is when you see that pick 32 come up. There's one of those teams that wanted to get another – a solid player. that not want to waste it on a quarterback. Pay a quarterback that much money this early. I think that's where you see the trades upcoming. The quarterbacks go in the second round too.
0: Yeah, I, I seen a prop bet on. I think Caesar's if the number was set up four and a half over under of quarterbacks take, take uh, drafted in the first round. Um, I don't know. I I mean that that is a hot take for sure. Uh, mine's quarterback centric too, but it's just kind of as a whole. And and I don't mean like the 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 top four or five guys here. I, I just think this group of quarterbacks is, is mid mediocre, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm not saying you're not going to get some wins and starts out of some of these guys, but I, you know, we don't, I don't think we have a Joe Burrow, a Josh Allen, a Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, a Mahomes. I don't, we don't have that kind of guy in in this draft class. Um, I think if you made me pick, I think Stroud would be the guy, I think has the best chance to become like a, a super duper star, and and lead his team to the playoffs. But again, it's situational too, depending on where he gets drafted. So I, that that's kind of my hot take, and I don't even know if that's really a hot take. Like, do you think do you think this group's that great? I, I I think it's top heavy, but
1: yeah, they're they're not great at all. I think there's, I I think Bryce Young's the guy. I don't think C.J. Stroud will be as good as Bryce Young. Yeah, that's um, fair. So I, that's I, that's probably the only way we differ in this, but yeah, it's. I saw today, you know, uh, Drake May and Caleb Williams are next year. Like, they'd be one and two without a doubt this draft.
0: Yeah, and then I mean, you're gonna get some. I mean, if Joe Milton puts up big numbers in that Tennessee system with his arm and measurables, he's gonna be the the Levis Josh Allen uh, Richardson candidate next year. So get ready for that, and I mean, there's there's a lot of different guys out there too that I'm I'm sure we're we're kind of forgetting about. Like I feel like you feel pretty optimistic about Sam Hartman, Mm, absolutely Uh, at Notre Dame. I feel good about JJ coming in the next year. He's draft eligible after next year. Um, You know, I'm not saying he's going to be a top guy, but if he has a big year, um, you know, so we'll we'll see. Uh, Hey, our our guy, guy in Athens. Mr. Rourke yeah, Curtis Rourke yeah. yeah I mean he might be he might give me a fringe uh, a, a frisky uh, quarterback guy next year so um yeah I mean we'll talk about that we'll talk about that in the, in the upcoming uh, the months and stuff like that uh all right before we get to the mock my, the last question I got here um what do you want from your team Bobby your Steelers guy I'm a 49ers guy so we're going to end this little questionnaire section um with the I don't know Was was some selfishness, uh, some self aggrandizing. Uh, I want group, um, uh, group specific here. So, um, I'll start it out. I, I think the Niners are built as a, a team that likes to control the line of scrimmage. I think you need depth up there. So, uh, I would prefer offensive line at first. Um, And then if we have to, you know, get some depth along the defensive line, uh, especially at defensive end, I know Bosa's there, but get another compadre or a third guy, a a depth guy at DN. I'd take that. Uh, DB, mostly corner, I I feel like would be, uh, again, another depth position there. And then tight end. I feel like we don't have a a good second tight end behind Kittle. Kittle gets banged up a little bit too. So I think those would be my three, four areas. Um, and not unless we trade up the draft don't start for the Niners. They'll pick 99. I think they have 11 picks. Uh, but you know, to start, the draft in the third round, I think we got 99, one Oh one and one Oh two. So it's going to be a freaking frenzy when the draft gets started for me. Uh, but it's going to be kind of a late start again. We could trade in, I guess, but I I don't know, uh, if we're going to do that. But anyway, what do you, what do you want from the black and gold? on the banks of the three rivers, what what do you want your Steelers to do in the twenty twenty three draft?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think we're both in the same position here, offensive line and corner. Um, you know, Pittsburgh I, I think we've got great skill. Um, you bring in Allen Robinson this year. Uh, yeah. George Pickett, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, uh, all still there. Offensive line is probably the weakest point of this team. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett coming into year two, full control of the offense. Uh, Najee Harris, I think he's going to have another breakout season this year. Uh, I f- might get some help. Um, but, yeah, offensive line, I, I, I think – at 17, I think Pittsburgh's – you can get one of those four we talked about. I, I think they're all in play there. Um, yeah. Reading some of the articles, to Twitter, Steelers beat writers. Talk of them trading up to get, you know, Skarovsky or Johnson, one of the two, that one of those guys. So that's uh, – sorry, the Bruins just gave up a goal. I'm pissed. Um, oh, no. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think – Offensive line is the pick in the first round. And then that pick 32, like I talked about, I, I, I think they're going to try to get up into the first round again, late in that first round. Uh, you know, you got that pick, you got pick 49 in the second round as well. Um, so, and then we have pick 80, I believe. So four in the top 80, that's, that's, that's a good, good start for this team. Um, You know, if they can get back up into the early early or late first round, um, if one of those guys, Weatherspoon, uh, Forbes out of Mississippi State, Gonzalez, if one of those corners fall, um, that would be ideal. And then a dream pick would be to get back into that late first round and take Michael Mayer and have two awesome tight ends. Um, you know, you don't see a whole lot of teams with two tight ends like the Hernandez Gronk days anymore. So it's, that's, that, that's, that's a pipe dream. I know it wouldn't happen, but that would be uh, the perfect situation.
0: Hopefully one of them's not a vicious murderer. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I had to get a little kind of Norm McDonald S joke there. Um, yeah. I mean, I, but it, I, if you look at it, like that's kind of the name of the game um i f- i feel like our teams are a little bit similar too um i don't know if i'm crazy i don't know if you're crazy about the quarterback play going forward um at least it feels like you guys know who your guy is 49ers are still up there but uh, pretty good rosters and uh, i feel like they just need a little bit of fine- tuning so uh, not a bad place to be uh in the draft uh for sure all right we're gonna we're gonna mock the top 10. um I think the last couple of years, uh, I think a couple of years ago, me and Bryce mocked the, the non-playoff teams. uh, And then we might have mocked the first round, the whole first round one year. But we're going to do the top ten, I guess, a little time saver. Um, plus, I mean, it being on a Thursday night, I hate to sound like an old man. But it, I, I feel like I'm only going to be able to stay up for about the first seven to ten picks anyway. Like, I yeah. uh, and I and I know the first round's a, a ten minute duration. It used to be fifteen back in the day. Um, I kind of missed the draft on Saturday and Sunday. It's kind of its own thing. You just could tune in anytime, and there'd be film of guys, highlights. Mel Kiper with his hair of uh, breaking guys down. I kind of miss it, but I, I feel like you know we've been on this uh, prime time thing for a while. So Bobby, let's put the Panthers. On the clock, they got the first pick. Uh, you're the new general manager of the Panthers. so you take with the first pick in the 2023 draft? This one's
1: a no-brainer for me. You got a, a quarterback coach in Frank Reich. I'm taking Bryce Young. I, like I said, I think he's the, the most surefire quarterback in this draft class. Um, I think he's the most consistent, and I think he's probably the, the easiest to work with to – you know, fix some mechanics. I think some other guys might be set in their ways. So Bryce Young, I, I, I think there's no doubt in my mind that he's going first. I think it would take an astronomical offer for number one from another team for Carolina to back out of that after trading for it. So um, Bryce Young has got to be the pick.
0: Yeah, and I, I also have Bryce Young going number one. Um, I Again, I think maybe Stroud has more – Upside, and that might be just kind of based off his frame is what I'm doing there. But um, I don't know. It just seems like they're going to go with Bryce. Um, I do like his like his his moxie and poise, though. Seems like he never really freaked out under under pressure. Uh, He's got some wiggle, but man, he's he's slight. Um, But yeah, the Panthers are that whole NFC South. And we'll get to that when we start doing previews and stuff. What a bizarre division that, that looks like on paper. A lot of question marks down there, so uh we shall we shall see. Uh the Texans, by the way, I, I'm not doing trades. Uh mm-hmm. just the, the streamline it, make it a little more easier. Um, this is if the top 10 stays kind of where it's at, what I think is gonna happen. The Texans are number two. And are uh, let me ask you this before I give my pick and then you give yours. I think the Texans might be are they're either playing chess or, or or they're they're dumb Go back to the regular season they have a chance to lose that game to the Bears Lovey gives it up uh, well he, he he wins uh but gives the Bears the first pick kind of a uh, a little um I don't know little gift to to the old the old uh franchise he used to coach for uh but are the are the Texans? My theory is, and I haven't heard anybody else say this, my theory is maybe they're playing chess. Maybe their advanced scouts was like, man, I tell you what, the quarterbacks ain't that great in this class. 2024 is the year we need to be the number one pick. But that quarterback group looks a lot better. I think we've been seeing that down the road, all of us football fans and, and actual football people. Are they playing chess or are they stupid? I I don't think it's the
1: dumbest thing in the world. I...
0: I me neither
1: and uh, we, we we both agreed that this quarterback class isn't the greatest so i i would i wouldn't be surprised with them taking a non-quarterback in the spot just because they have picked 33 as well and like i talked about three quarterbacks in the first round a couple guys fall to that early second round pay him a little less not really committed to him for a long term. You know, 2023, you win four games, you're right back in the lottery. So that, that's 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 very, a very smart thing by the Texans, I believe.
0: Yeah. Well, with that being said, I'm going to make my pick here, though. I think they take Stroud, though. I, I just don't think you – I think the pressure um, – because the fan base is kind of already, you know, going against this franchise a little bit, and I don't think they could do another year at Davis Mills, man. Uh, get some new blood, and it, and I have a theory, and I know a lot of the teams think that it's crazy. I think you should take a if you're terrible. I think you should take a first round quarterback every year till you figure it out, because you don't have to pay these guys the the big Sam Bradford type deals like yesteryear. So I, I I'm I'm taking Stroud if he's available on the Texans. Uh, you're the GM of the Texans. What are you doing? I, I'm not taking quarterback here. I'm going to go
1: first defensive player off the board. I'm going to go Tyree Wilson. I, I think he fits in that mold that D'Amico Ryan's like from those guys out in San Francisco when he was yeah. out there. He's I think he's probably the best defensive end. I think Will Anderson's more athletic, but I think Tyree Wilson's a more complete player. Um, and, you know, I, I, like I said, pick 33, they're sitting there. You know, Hendon Hooker, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. One of those three guys is going to be available, and any one of those three guys will do the same exact thing or better than Davis Mills will do for you next year. So, That's build true. a defense. Your your head coach is defensive minded. You build your team around your defense, um, and they get you off the field. They give you more opportunities to make those guys grow. So, I'm going defense. I I, I think you can't go wrong. You brought up the name Mario Williams earlier. Um, Dave Young, Clowney. You know they they hit on two of those guys. They were good players, and I think Tyree mm-hmm. Wilson's the next guy in that la- that long line. Not to mention J.J. Watt.
0: Yeah, yeah, it seems like you're right. I never thought of it like that. The Texans have historically, uh, you know, hit on on a on the, the defensive position in the draft. Um, all right, the Arizona Cardinals three. By the way, we're we're uniform guys here. Very visual podcast what the, the dude the cardinal i didn't like the cardinals um former uniforms but the uh the new ones i, I don't like them dude mid
1: they're they're not good
0: <laughs> uh, okay i did i didn't know where he was at i didn't see any of your uh didn't know if you tweeted about or anything like that i didn't know if we we're gonna disagree or not but i'm glad we can walk on the same sidewalk here but uh yeah. cardinals cardinals third what what are you doing here bob if I'm the Cardinals, first thing I'm doing
1: is I'm pairing the white jersey and the red pants every single time. That that looks to be about the best combination they have. <laughs> um, the, the the little details in the helmet with like the flex and the the sparkle and the paint and the 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 gray and the white and the red and the black, love it. I'm here for it. Tried to do something like that, Alexander, with the black and red, didn't really work. Too expensive. Um, but yeah, yeah. Bad. Cardinals. You got a quarterback. He'll be out for a while though. Um, you know, I, I think they're in an intriguing spot. You need to protect him, um, but you also need playmakers. Uh, you're going to be losing DeAndre Hopkins. He's demanded a trade. Um, you know, I don't think you have the greatest running back. Offensive line probably wouldn't hurt. Um, I, I could see one of those tackles going as early as here. But if I if I have to make a pick, I, I'm probably taking Will Anderson right here. Uh-huh.
0: Um,
1: I you don't need a quarterback. Offensive lineman, you probably wait. You can probably make a trade, trade DeAndre Hopkins for a first-round pick. It's people will pay that for him. Um, so I, I'm taking defense here, building that up, um, and then trying to you know convince some guys in free agency and you know find that uh, diamond in the rough in the later rounds.
0: Yeah, I I that's who I have here too. Will Anderson. I think the Cardinals are uh, like you said. They don't they don't need the quarterback really. I, I mean. The, they're they're paying Kyler, so um, I don't know if he's that great personally, but that's just my opinion anyway. But um, I think they're just like bad enough to where like they could they could do anything here, and it's kind of like you know they're in the in the best available spot here, mm-hmm. and um, you know I, the Cardinals they're 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 kind of bizarre because I've liked some of their picks over the last few years. Love Buddha Baker when Baker when he came out. Of Washington um you mentioned Simmons the Clemson kid I was very intrigued by him a few years ago loved uh more the uh Purdue kid the receiver um so I'd like some of the guys they've gotten the last handful of years um so I you know I I, I think they need a D end. obviously um what well, Watt retires mm-hmm. um so I feel like there's an open spot there. Plus you can't have enough, enough pass rush in this league. So yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think Anderson goes three, uh, the Indianapolis Colts are the next team to select number four overall. I think this is where it gets a little wacky Bobby. Uh, I think they're going to fall in love with Levis or Richardson. Uh, I think maybe Richardson's upside's a little more. So I'm going to say, uh, the Colts, they need a quarterback. And I think, um, you know, I don't know if they really pursued the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Never heard them in the Aaron Rodgers saga at all either. Uh but like I said, they clearly need a quarterback here. Uh I think they would love it if Bryce or Stroud found it fell down the hair, but in my mock, they're off the board, so I think Richardson is probably the next uh guy in line for them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna select him here at four. Uh who are you taking if you are uh, Chris Ballard and the Colts brass? Yeah,
1: my my Second quarterback comes off here. I got C.J. Stroud going here. I I think if if my mock goes this way, it does. Ooh, that should be a penalty. Um, (laughs) I I think Stroud's a perfect fit here. I I think, you know, they got a good mix of athletes in Indianapolis. Uh, New coach, new scheme. So they're all going to be learning together. I think that'll be a benefit. And I I, I think the proximity of where, where he at. It's it's weird, but geography. um, He's a Midwest guy. He's you know grown up at Ohio State, basically grown up in Columbus. So I think he's comfortable here. You know, if he went to somewhere, um, you know, if he goes to a Houston, a big city like that, I I I don't think he performs as well. Um, And I think Indianapolis, they've been down there in the AFC South, so expectations aren't high. So you could end up between. Six and eleven wins in that division down there, so I think Stroud's a, a pretty darn
0: good chance to go to Indianapolis. All right, moving. Yeah, I, yeah, I I think they'd love that if that happened. Um, number five, we got the Seattle Seahawks here, uh, part of the Russell Wilson trade, I believe. Yeah, um, and and you know, I feel like they're in a good spot here. Um, maybe O line, but I, I think they're going to get best available here. I think they're going to take your number 2 pick. They're going to take the Texas Tech defensive end Tyree Wilson here. Um also I think I skipped the order it's whatever. I'm 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 weird about that stuff so my <laughs> Anyway, uh Seahawks, what do you think here, man? Seahawks, I am between I'm on, I'm definitely having the Seahawks take
1: defense here. I think that's a Pete Carroll team as a defense. Yeah. They're they're committed to Geno for at least next year. Maybe they're in that mindset of thinking, you know, if we suck this year and we're top five again next year, Williams, May, Hartman, those guys are going to be there next year. Uh, so take defense here, get, get someone that's going to come through here. I'm, I'm having them take uh Devin Witherspoon here. I, I think corner, I think he's the, the heir to the Richard Sherman. Um, God, thrown I wrote out I, there.
0: I would dread that so much, but that would be marvelous. You're right.
1: Yeah. And like you said, you said, I, I think you said he, he's as far as a I can't miss pick a quarterback. Um, obviously we've seen him play a lot, of big 10 football in our area here. So I think we know what they're getting there. And I, I think Carroll do his due diligence and, you know, they got a quarterback. They got a decent offensive line. They got a running game. I think this is the, the next step that the Seahawks need, especially with, you know, the, the offense in Los Angeles, the Rams out there, uh, Purdy and company or Lanson and company, whoever it is in San Francisco, weren't yet TBD. Um, so the Seahawks are going to build up that defense to
0: get back to the top of the West. Yeah. That was kind of their, their downfall last year really was, uh, the defense. I think they're going to go in that direction, uh, as well. Uh, we go to, uh, the Detroit lions next, um, man, Exciting times in the Motor City. Um, Dan Campbell and, and that that whole organization—they're um, in a familiar spot, though. Uh, you know, in the top ten of the draft. But I, I, you know, I feel like the vibes are good there. What do you think they do here at number six overall? Yeah,
1: we—you know—we're we're a pro Lions podcast. We we're are pro Dan Campbell podcast. We're the Man yep. Campbellites. Um, yep. I, I think they got. A, a good solid foundation. Obviously, they're going to lose a bunch of guys uh, to the gambling suspensions next year. Um, <laughs> just an absolute bungle on that end. Uh, but I, I think they got a good foundation. I, I think Bijan Robinson is the answer here. Uh, oh, they got DeAndre Swift. I think they have. They they lost Jamal Williams um, in his yep. production last year. All those touchdowns. So I think Bijan Robinson makes sense here. Uh, you know. The you think of running backs in Lions history, you think of one guy, Barry Sanders, and I, I think Bijan has the abilities to come close to what he was, and and kind of be that highlight, real make or break a game. You need to play, you go to Bijan, and I, I think Dan Campbell loves him. So I almost went defense here, but I I, I got to go with Bijan and get some more run game support for the Lions up there.
0: I am, I am gonna go defense, but I I would love to see Bijan in uh in the uh the Lions blue and silver there. Uh, I'm gonna go Witherspoon. He's still available in my mock. Um, Acuda really hasn't worked out like I thought. Maybe they might be a little gun shy to take a big time Big Ten corner here. Um, again, early in the first round, but I just think um, you know, they 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 kind of have to. To do that, and if you look in their division, um, I guess you really don't know what the Packers have. I mean, you kind of know their weapons, but we don't know what Jordan Love is. But uh, Jefferson, you're going to see him twice here at the Vikings. Um, well, I kind—I guess their division's not that great. I was trying to think. You know, it's a passing league, but it's not—it's never a bad idea to have a guy that that, that could to be a lockdown corner, it could be a real solid corner. So I think Witherspoon there. Would be a a nice haul and a get for the Lions. Uh, we go to the Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I've I think I've gotten over the whole Los Angeles San Diego Chargers debacle. I give me another give me another year, and I think I'll be able to get the, the Las Vegas Raiders down pat. But anyway, they are next on the clock here at seven. Um, what what do you think they do here?
1: Ooh. We, we talked about the guy who has off the field issues may not be the most disciplined. <laughs> this is the spot the, the Raiders love those guys. I'm taking Jalen Carter, number seven overall. He is no doubt worthy of a top 10 pick top five pick. I think he has all the athletic ability in the world. One of the best college football players I've seen in the last 15, 20 years. Um, but you, what you said earlier, talking about him, he's, he's got all these, you know, red flags. Um, and I think Las Vegas, the Raiders persona, their history, I think it all is building up to this point where Jalen Carter is going to be a Raider tomorrow night, about, uh, probably probably about nine thirty tomorrow night when we see him drafted. Um, and I, I think it'll be a fun pick. I think he'll look good in the black and silver. Um, but it's yet to be seen if he'll get any support. Cause he may get double teamed all the time, but if it works out well with him and Max Crosby, I think that'll be a formidable one, two punch.
0: That would be nice. Um, I'm going to go corner for them. I'm going to go back-to-back corners. I'll take Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, West Coast kid. Um, he's played in that stadium in the Pac-12 championship game before. Um, you know, that's not obviously that, that big of a deal uh, or when it comes to the draft. But uh, I just think they um, – I can't think of their, their secondary guys really. I feel like they need help there. Um, again, I'm not that knowledgeable – uh, with the Raiders roster. But yeah, it feels like their pass rush is okay. Um, I, man, I don't. I feel like they need a lot, though. <laughs> like, would it surprise you if the Raiders took a shot on one of these quarterbacks? Not at all. I mean, because Carr went to New Orleans, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that might be a sneaky, sneaky candidate for uh, a Richardson or uh, uh, a Levis here, too, maybe. But uh, I'm going to go at the corner out of Oregon, Christian Gonzalez. Uh, Next, we got the Falcons, Atlanta, uh, the Dirty Birds. This is my Jalen Carter spot, by the way. Um, You know, keep him in Georgia. I don't know if that's a great idea, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, with this pass, but um, fuck, man. I don't think Vegas, uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? I don't know if Vegas would be like the the most nurturing. uh, place for an off the field issue guy either so uh but i i don't see him falling out with the top 10 it's getting late pretty early for him here uh and again the falcons seem like they're one of those teams um they could go they could go just about anywhere positionally in this draft and and not in a good way either like there's different levels still like you're a good team you're just trying to build depth or you're you're your your dog shit and you need everything they're kind of towards that uh ladder into that uh, spectrum there so I, I think carter goes here in my mock uh who do you have going eighth to the falcons so for the falcons
1: i got the first wide receiver coming off the board okay here. i i think the falcons are committed desmond ritter i think that's their their thought here and i think they're kind of falling in that you know if we suck again we suck again <laughs> we could also win the nfc south it's 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 a crap shoot down there it so is I, i'm gonna take jackson smith and jigba um I remember the first, remember the first, I think we both remember the first play where his name popped out. Nebraska? Yeah, the toe tap. Um, an absolutely insane, insane play, body control. Um, you got a good receiver down there with Drake London. I I think that the Falcons are, they need that explosive piece on the outside. So I think he fits in perfectly here. I think he'll be a hit in Atlanta.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he, he, he is, uh, very smooth as a, as a route runner. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think I, yeah, I don't have a receiver, uh, which is kind of rare. I don't have a receiver in my top 10 to give a little spoiler alert here, but I think he would be the first, uh, off, I guess Hyatt would, could, you could argue the kid from Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Addison, the USC slash pit product that some of the receivers just to give a, the people who've probably been living under a rock, uh, a general idea, who some of the better wide receivers in this draft are. Uh, anyway, the Bears, uh, the Bears traded back on the uh, number one pick back here to ninth. Um, Bobby, what what do you think here? All right, well, would we be surprised if the Bears traded here again? I,
1: I don't think so.
0: No, probably not, but for
1: our purpose, I'm taking Peter Skoronsky, first tackle off the board for me. Um, You keep the kid in Chicago, bring him down south a little bit, uh, bring him down the Soldier Field. I think he'll fit in perfectly there. Justin Fields is, they're committed to Justin Fields, I believe. Um, So I think you got to give him some protection. I think Mm -hmm. they they made some moves in the offseason. They got Claypool last year in season, and I I think that this will be a huge piece. I think he will be a franchise
0: 15-year guy for the Bears here. Yeah, that's the exact same guy I have here. Uh, It's time for him to come off the board, and uh, I think if they stay put and you get him, you get the best tackle in our opinions and a lot of other people's opinions in this draft at night, that feels like value. Uh, to me, so uh, smart trade, getting the extra picks from the Panthers, and and, and uh, both our scenarios work out for the Bears. Um, and they're, again, one of those teams where, yeah, they're going to give Fields um, ample opportunity. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go heavy weaponry uh, later in this draft, you know, to try to put more pieces around him. But I think early they're going to try to, you know, bolster that offense line. Like you mentioned, the protection, but they're another team where it's like they just need to get better. Like they need they need better people. So any position group, I feel like, is up for grabs. Um, finally, number ten, and and sometimes this illustrates the world isn't fair. Uh, but you got the defending NFC champion, the Super Bowl runners up, the Philadelphia Eagles, rounding out the top ten here. Um, Bobby, what do you think the uh, reigning defending NFC champions? does here with the tenth pick here.
1: I, I got uh Christian Gonzalez coming off the board here to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like in, in real life if Carter Uh, Tyree Wilson, if any of those guys are there, I think they're kind of the pick, but in this situation, Christian Gonzalez is here. Those guys are off the board. Uh, You got Darius Slay coming back, James Bradbury, uh, but you lose uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and I I think you're going to need some some help. I mean, we saw in the Super Bowl, that was their downfall was coverage, Um, so they bring in this guy you know Bradbury and Slay were on the, the back nine of their career. So Gonzalez could be the next standout premier guy in the secondary in Philadelphia. Uh, I think he's, without a doubt, top 15 pick. I think if he falls below 15, GMs need fired. Uh, so
0: give me Gonzalez here for the Eagles. Yeah, he's already off here for me. Um, I think the Eagles might be, like, I, I, I agree with you. Probably the secondary needs bolstered more than anything. Uh, they got a couple of offensive linemen getting a little older, along in the tooth. Uh, same with the defense line uh, in a way. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, those guys uh, getting up there in age. I know they're deep up there, but I think they're going to go with Van S, Lucas Van S from Iowa. Big, strong strapping kid. Uh, kind of a project though. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he's a big name, but didn't really play a ton of snaps uh, at Iowa. It was kind of a, you know, a, a, a rotational piece. But I mean, just the body and the measurables and and all the combine stuff with this kid, uh, and man, him and Hassan Reddick, I think, and and I think they still have Derek Barnett, kind of yeah. three, yeah, th- th- those three in a in a rotation, uh, at at the defensive end spot. Also, would it surprise you if they went with another receiver in the first round? <laughs> I feel like they're they're almost magnetically drawn to the taken wide receiver in the first round uh so and and but we'll see but mine's van Ness, uh so that that's that's the top 10 mock uh anything else you're looking for to me to kind of round out the the draft here i think the draft starts at two with the texans yeah honestly yeah i i,
1: I think i think we're all in agreement with that Quarterback number one, take your pick of which one it
0: is. Yeah, I think it's one. I think it's Bryce and or CJ probably. Yeah, sixty forty Bryce, right? Somewhere right. in that range. Yeah, that's the lean I would give
1: it to as well.
0: Yeah, and then two twos where the party gets started, um for sure.
1: Yeah, I I'm excited for. Like, like you, I, I'll, I'll be the old man. This is way too late. Bring back Saturday and Sunday. Give me one through three <laughs> on Saturday, four through seven on Sunday. Um, I'll stay up till Pittsburgh. And what will happen is they'll end up trading back into the first run after I go to <laughs> after their pick. So, I mean, you're starting it in Kansas City, at least started at like, 530 their time so it's 630 here give us an hour back or something for the east coast people or put it back in new
0: york one of the two yeah i kind of like them moving it around but yeah i I agree with it one last thing i'm gonna spring this on you as a surprise and then we'll do some racing and get the fuck out of here i give you one draft pick what's what, what first of all let me get this set up uh better what is kansas city known for barbecue All right. You're correct. A thousand percent. What's your number one lock barbecue meat?
1: Oh, shout out. Smoke out barbecue in Pickerington, Ohio. Uh, Okay, Potential um,
0: sponsor, maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Close personal friends. Oh, Um, yeah. Man, I'm going to go carolina pulled pork man uh you You son of a bitch the vinegar mustard style the pulled pork i i think that just that just hits it goes well with everything you can add coleslaw on it eat it straight eat it on a sandwich put it in some mac and cheese put it on top of fries with some melted cheese you can't go wrong with pulled pork in many different ways
0: that was gonna be mine if since you take it i'll just go to my number two basically it's one b though uh, I know it's difficult to cook, but when it's done right, a, a brisket is is damn tough to beat, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, number one, yeah, pulled pork was my number one, man. You're you're right. It's, it's versatile. I, I mean, I mean, you could put a, a brisket. There's brisket sandwiches and stuff like that. I'm not acting like that's a, a like an alien uh, type sandwich or whatever, a foreign type sandwich, but pork just as good to me it's just as good if you're just eating it with a fork or you put it on a bun so um all right real quick racing here um Talladega recap congrats Kyle bush uh he gets the dub the gamble paid off uh but again racing wise I don't know if it was uh, that that great of a race um, your thoughts on Dega Yeah, the the weed
1: man does it again. Uh, I can't believe it. 62 career NASCAR Cup Series win. Um, It it was the race. It it might as well have been uh, an F1 sprint race, a 30 lap sprint race. I mean, you could have slept through the first two stages. I mean, through the first two stages, I was watching other things. I mean,
0: he didn't miss anything
1: yeah no cautions the only things that were really like notable was reddick and briscoe spinning out in pit road um but yeah the last 30 laps i thought once we got to the action i thought it was good Uh, yeah it was chastain does it again i mean what else can we say about this guy um and then i thought this was Bubba wallace's race to lose he was i i think from what i watched he was the strongest racer the whole day the the 23 xi team had him in the right position um Freddie keeping him on the spotter stand was keeping him in the right spot. And I think that last green-white checker, I, I think he said, too, he caused the wreck just one too many blocks. If he blocks and just stays, I, I think he wins that race. I think it's him and Blaney won, too. I think we're talking about, you know, a, a breakout year for Bubba Wallace, but here we are again, just one move too much, and it was it was over. But congrats to the KFB. Uh, we're back. Um, so Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're
0: on the Dover. Yeah, a, a track he does uh, very, very well at, obviously, historically. Uh, I don't know if you or anybody out there has watched the uh, radioactive from Dega. Um, they were going to pit before the last restart. And it, it was too late. Like, it was like, come on, pit, 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 pit. And then Kyle's like, it's too late. Um, so just kind of, and you need that luck at a super speedway. Mm-hmm. And it came down the fuel mileage a little bit, not because of the strategy, because we had so many fucking <laughs> green, white, checkered, um, you know, just, um, overtime, I guess you call it. So, uh, but yeah, the, the first 150 uh, laps. Um, and I don't know if it'd be any different with the stage breaks. The stage breaks, I hear a lot of people talk about the stage breaks. I hate them on road courses. It kind of slows the product down or drags it out. And I've seen some people get in in the camp of, we need to end the stage breaks at super speedways. Um, I don't know. I feel like the super speedways, like the only time there's any action, the first 60, 75% of the race now at these super speedways is guys trying to negotiate to get down to the bottom of pin on your green flag and then you get two or three groups strung out and you're trying to see which runs uh are gonna generate towards the end of the stage so that's like the only excitement the first few which uh, i'm torn because i want to see guys going for the lead every lap i want to see you know chaos right Mm -hmm. but if i was a race car driver i wouldn't want to mix it up and and you know dude guys we got 170 laps or whatever it is 188 laps to, to settle This thing um, Like we could be patient you know, Give a little take a little early In the race so I kind of get it but yeah it, it was boring but congrats to Kyle uh, I, I made the joke The eel I <clears> write <throat> after the race Sunday imagine watching NASCAR And and your your favorite Driver doesn't have multiple wins yet And I can add imagine Your your guy not being Have the, the first name Kyle as well as your favorite driver so that's about the boat show's then dude it's the curse we've bear but uh it is what it is right
1: yeah and uh, you know facts are facts
0: yeah i'm not making that up uh anyway let's roll into dover here um the monster mile concrete surface banked like a son of a bitch uh one of my favorite racetracks honestly um i don't think the next gen car did that great here last year um so we'll see what, what package they bring. Um, but anyway, your thoughts on Dover and uh, any guys you like to win or top ten or anything like that. Yeah, I think
1: Dover, it's, it's a short track that is hidden as a mile-and-a-half intermediate track. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a lot of fun, concrete, bank. It's like big Bristol in my eyes. It I, is, I, yeah. I, I love this track. Uh, drove by it last summer on the way from philadelphia down to maryland Um, didn't stop and take a picture um, had a deadline but it it was it's 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 massive looking at it from the outside i hope to go there one day to see a race i i i I do have some guys i went back and looked through the last 10 years of winners a couple multiple winners here Um, guys i like to win Um, i got harvick I, i think he's due uh, I think this will be a good one for him. Uh, Chase Elliott, he's been been good in his return. Um, you know, Todd, I is a crapshoot. It is what it is. But I think at Martinsville, he performed really well. And then uh, the hometown boy, Martin Truex Jr., uh, technically his home track, even though he's from Jersey. He always runs well here. All the Toyotas always do here. So that'll be fun to watch. And then I got a top ten. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to come as a surprise. He's going to be in his second car of the year. Um, Oh, I know where you're
0: going. I know where you're going.
1: I think Josh Berry in that Bowman car, I think that car, that team has been on top of it all year. Obviously with the two penalties, they're not top of the points anymore, but they're consistent. Josh Berry was great in his time for Elliott. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the biggest Josh Berry fans. I feel like I feel like I'm a, uh, out here preaching for him every week. Uh, so I think he's definitely going to be in a Cup ride next year. And I think if he performs well in the next couple races, Bowman, who terrible crash. Hope he gets well soon. That was that was a scary crash to watch. Um, but yeah, Josh Berry, man, come through for me.
0: Yeah, Bow- Bowman going to be out a month uh, with the fractured uh, tibia thing. In um, case okay, so you guys haven't seen that. Uh, I like your Chase Elliott pick to win. Uh, I saw he was like plus 800 range. Uh, not, the, not the favorite, uh, but close to it. Larson's been pretty damn good here, too, so I, I have to throw him in at plus 600. He is the favorite, though. Kind of hate taking the favorite. <clears throat> Maybe if he doesn't have the best qualifying effort, uh, his value, his values, odds will uh, go down a little bit. Or, or worse than I should say. You get a bear deal there. Uh, I got an uh, under-the-radar top-ten guy here, too. I like your Josh Berry pick. I'll probably play that as well. Uh, Daniel Suarez, plus 165. Mm-hmm. Uh, trackout cars are fast. I think the Chevrolets uh, will be pretty damn good here at uh, at, at Dover as well. And uh, I think he's like 11th in active drivers. Uh, average finish. Now he don't have quite the starts. But, I mean, he's been around a while. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I like Suarez, um, just seems like he, it could be one of those tracks that, uh, he hangs around the, uh, seventh, the 15th spot all day. And, and late in the race, the car comes on strong. You're Like, huh, Suarez ended up eighth or something like that. So uh, I'll take a shot there. Uh, and I, I do have F1 here. They're back this weekend. Correct. We're, we're in Baku. We're in Azerbaijan. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, the spring break took fucking forever, uh, but we get, we get the race on a street course around the uh, ancient castle. Uh, only F one, man, only F one, but we're back off a of spring break. Um, I'm interested to see maybe you've done some digging a little bit. I haven't, but I'm interested to see what, uh, what teams have done in the break. Cause you know, they just didn't sit around for three, four weeks and, and I know there's a cost gap and everything, so you can't do everything you want to advance the car, or upgrade the car, or whatever. But come on. These guys are racers. You know, they're they're, they're going to bring some shit. Try some shit so we will kind of get a test to see either how more, much more dominant Red Bull's going to be or did the uh, rest of the pack maybe catch up incrementally this weekend. Do you feel that way? What's, what's your thoughts on Baku?
1: Yeah. I'll I'll stop with it too. You mentioned that spring break took forever. Thanks a lot, China. Uh, Yeah. It was, yeah, it was not fun. That that's my every Sunday morning, 7.00 AM, make myself breakfast, sit down with a cup of pot of coffee and watch the race. And that's been ruined for the past four weeks. So I am fully torqued for this to be back this weekend. You mentioned it with the guys working in the factories over break. It's a sprint weekend and the new yeah. format is upon us, which I think will make for better entertainment. I think it'll be a lot different since we're going to have grid qualifying on Friday for the race on Sunday and then no FP2, just straight sprint qualifying and then sprint race later in the day. I, I think that's the way to do it. I think that'll be a lot more fun. I think drivers will be more inclined uh, to try to make passes but I don't think they're going to take as many chances that they think just because you have to build that car in 24 hours again, all over. Um, And there's only so much you can do. So I, I think it'll be early. It'll be entertainment, but by about halfway, everybody's just going to settle into place and not try to overtake and just protect their car. So that'll be interesting. And as far as the upgrades, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot because of that little things here and there. I think it'll be mostly setup stuff. Um, you know, you talk, you see, read some stuff on Twitter. These guys spending all this time in the simulators, the test drivers yeah. doing simulations, trying to find out the right setup. Um, and you know that goes everything from the car, the weather, the time of day. Um, so I think we're going to see that. You, you said it. I, I think with the the long straight um, at the end of the the lap here, I, I think Red Bull's car is just. It, nobody's touching it unless you made a carbon copy of it. Um, you know, Aston Martin's done about the closest. So I, I think the next race is uh, Miami. Miami, Barcelona, Monaco, Imola, those are all in there. The European swing comes into play. I think that's when we'll see the big upgrades come and um, see the, the fight for second and third there.
0: I'll tell you this, dude, I, and I knew the schedule, but you just you just rattled them off. I'm not like I'm excited that Miami has a race again, right? Mm-hmm. But back, Baku, especially coming off a month break, it better be a fucking banger because, like, Baku's it's it's been it's been unbelievable a few times since it's been on the calendar. It's also been a dud too a few times, so it's kind of you never know what you're gonna get. Uh, but man, this thing better, this better thing, have some some drama moments because uh, Miami. Surprisingly decent last year, but it's it's a parking lot street course. I don't have a lot of high expectations. Uh, Monaco, I love it for the spectacle. But honestly, qualifying is like the kind of the race. You know, around the principality. It's just so tight, hard to pass. So it really doesn't put on a great race. And um, Imola, I like Imola. But, I mean... I feel like it it's dudded one time and, and it it was good when it was kind of a, a wet rain situation a couple years ago. So a little mixed bag there. I'm just saying Baku better be good. Uh I do have a gambling play here. Um Lewis, Lewis Hamilton. You've heard of him? Huh. Kind of a, kind of an upstart uh Mercedes driver. Uh, may have won seven champ anyway. He's plus one sixty to podium. And in Mercedes a little bit of momentum. I mean, it's probably dead because it was a month ago. But um he's the first guy plus money. Uh, if you like your boy Georgie, I think he's almost three to one. It's like plus 260 or 270 or 280, somewhere in that range, the podium. Uh, but I'm with you. It's, it's going to be Max probably. Maybe Checo If Max has a little problem with qualifying or a mechanical or a pit road thing. Uh Yeah, that, that pit straight, the front stretch. Uh, whatever you want to call it, that's that's kind of the key to the whole lap, really, at, at Baku, and nobody's going to touch him. And sprint race or not, uh, I guess we changed the monotony of the FP one through three and qualifying, yada yada yada. But uh, yeah, I'm not expecting much out of this one. You got any uh, picks or uh, predictions or anything else you'd like to add on it? Yeah, I, I'm taking the king of the streets to win this race. I,
1: I think Checo. Um, back to Singapore. That's a
0: good. That's a good call. I never thought of that.
1: Yeah, Jetta. He was pretty good there. I I, I think it's Checo's race to lose this week. I, I think Red Bull is going to do some strategy. I think his side of the garage is is ready to put him there. And I, I think he's one of the only guys to podium here multiple times. Um. So I, I I'm excited for him. I think he makes it back. Or no, Max won last year. Checo yeah. won twenty one. So, yeah, I think he gets a second win here. I think it would be his fourth podium there, so that'll be a pretty incredible stat um, for a track that's only been on the uh, the circuit since, what, 16 or 17,
0: so. Uh, yeah, about was, six, yeah. Seven, six, seven times here, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. My, uh, my, 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 the FOSI, we've had a heartbreak here almost every single year, so not looking forward to it.
0: You know what would be awesome? Uh, I think it was, what was it, 2018? Yeah, uh, the Max and Daniel taking each other out at turn one. Uh, you know, a Red Bull uh, double DNF. That would that would be great if that could happen this, this Sunday. Just I, saying.
1: Uh, I would take that over Charles winning the championship, honestly. Right
0: <laughs> 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 All right, man. Well, there, there's your um, racing. Uh, you know, I was going to call it a minute, but, uh, you know, I'm a gabber. Uh, Bobby needs to say things. so But it, it is what it is. Gave out a few picks, gave out some draft stuff, gave out some winners and losers of the week. I think it was a pretty good show. Um, so uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at PodcockPCast. Uh, follow the show on all major and minor podcasting platforms. Share it with a friend and enemy, a stranger. We don't care. And uh, we appreciate you guys out there listening to us Um So, I guess, Bobby, I guess the next thing would be any famous last words, my man. Uh,
1: I'm spent. We had a long one tonight, so I got nothing for you guys. Just, like you said, follow us all, like, rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe. Do it all.
0: Yeah, go to your local uh, AT&T or Verizon store and uh, hit the display models, too. We don't care how you game the system, but uh, anyway, I imagine we'll be back conference semifinals and hockey and basketball playoffs will probably be in full swing uh next week so uh, if we have a show uh, maybe some draft reactions and and some more playoff talk as we move into the second round of both uh, the nhl and the nba will probably be the uh the show next week if we go so uh be on the lookout for that and keep your uh ears to the uh, feed and uh For Bobby Russell, this has been The Only Tyler Peacock, and we'll catch your fucking asses down the road. Yep, I said it. Bye. Wait a minute. One more thing. I almost forgot to do this, or maybe I didn't, and I'm just saying I almost forgot to do it, and I completely planned to put this at the end of the show before the outro music plays. But I got an announcement to make. I have an announcement It's not an advertisement. They're not paying me anything. I'm doing this because I'm a generous man with a kind heart. And I wanted to give a shout-out, not because I was on their show. This is a general, honest shout-out. Nobody put a gun to my head or twisted my arm to do this. But if you're in the podcasting, if you're listening to this, you're probably in the sports. But maybe you're in the general... You know, just B.S. and life, the gym, dogs, whatever. It's just a random show. That show is called "Girl, Where's Your Thong?" Uh, Two of my friends, Abby and Jess, they host it. It's a good show. I've been on it, but I'm just—I've listened to all of them. It's a good show. Uh, They're entertaining. They're funny. Go check them out. Again, this isn't an advertisement. I'm doing this out of the kindness of my heart. I may have said I would give them a shout-out too. So this is me being honorable and a man of my ward. Uh, But go check out Girl, Where's Your Thong. Apple, Spotify, all the major podcasting platforms. Um, You know, just because it's a girl show doesn't mean you have to be a girl to listen to it. But if you are a female, you're going to love it. If you're a male, maybe you'll learn some stuff have a laugh along the way, so go check them out, and uh, I'm sure they'll appreciate it, and uh, how about we hear some intro music, now, actually, no, I fucked that up, outro music, now! <laughs>